I want to talk to you today about trust, all right? I want to talk to you about trust, and if we'll get my first picture up there, this is kind of important for me because I don't know about you, but I find it hard in my life to always trust God because I can't always see where God's at work, and then sometimes on the inside, I'm doubting the last thing that God clearly told me, right? And so I want to freeze or I want to run away or turn back and go the other direction. And so I want to ask you this morning, more than anything, would you please, please, please trust God no matter what? And in order to do that, I want to peer into the life of a young man whose whole story is recorded in the book of Genesis, and his name is Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jacob, the grandson of Isaac, and the great-grandson of Abraham. And if ever there was a person whose life kind of showed us what it looks like to trust God, it's Joseph. In Genesis chapter 37, we're told several things about Joseph. We're told, first of all, Joseph was a tattletale. Let me say that again. Joseph was a tattletale. Let me explain what that means, grown-ups, because you may not be aware of this because of how things go out at work. But in a family, sometimes it's the youngest kid who will tell the parents what the older kids are doing that they're not supposed to do. That's called tattling. And Joseph went to his father and said, hey, dad, dad, you know Judah and the brothers, and you know how you told them to take the sheep to the southern pastures 10 miles to the south? They went to the one two miles to the west because they didn't want to go as far. I just thought you should know. <laughs> Don't you love me more? The thing is, Jacob did love him the most. Joseph was his favorite. And uh, he gave Joseph a coat and the coat had long sleeves, which tells us that he had authority over his brothers. And so Joseph was also a bit of a dreamer, and he had some dreams. And one of the dreams that he had was that he was this stalk of wheat, and his brothers were these other stalks of wheat, and they were all bowing in the wind to him. And then he had this other dream. Oh, this dream was even more cool. He dreamt that the sun and the moon and the stars also kind of bowed down to him. And you know what he decided to do? He decided to tell all of his brothers about these dreams. And do you know what his brothers thought about the dreams? What was their response to the dreams? Yeah, boo! <laughs> They were not happy. And so these dreams for them was the straw that broke the camel's back. And they decided that they were going to do something to Joseph. And when the opportunity presented itself and they were miles and miles away from home, alone with Joseph, they threw him into a cistern. Some of the brothers wanted to kill him, but one of his brothers said, no, 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 we shouldn't do that. After all, he is our brother. And while they were discussing what they were going to do to this brother that they hated, they saw in the distance some Midianite traders, people who bought and sold people and stuff. And they were on their way to Egypt, and they got an idea. Oh, 
let's sell Joseph to them. <laughs> and they did. And then they killed a goat and they took the blood of the goat and they put that blood on Joseph's coat that they had taken from him and they took it to their dad and they said, hey, we found this. I guess your son's dead. And so Joseph was sold into slavery. Now, at this point in the story, what would you be thinking about God's promise to Abraham? I'm going to bless the nations through you and your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars. Or even God speaking to Joseph in a dream and saying, there's going to come a time in your life when even your brothers bow before you. At this point in the story, would you be thinking that those promises of God were true? You'd probably be wondering, can I really count on God? Did I really hear from God? Is this really going to play out? Like, this doesn't seem like how things should be going in this story. Which is why the writer of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 39, one chapter over, uses this one key phrase. He says this in verse 2 of chapter 39. The Lord was with Joseph. It's put there because you and I on our own, just following along the story, we would conclude, oh, Man, that stinks for poor Joseph. Well, he's out on his own now, poor guy. But no, in fact, God is at work. And God's working out this amazing thing. And for those of you in G-Town, for the rest of this month, you're going to hear about the rest of Joseph's life and what happens to him and how God can redeem amazing things out of broken people and situations and how you can count on God to fulfill what he's promised. I know this is true because 15 years ago, next month, a group of us, there were about 30 of us, decided to start a church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And do you know what I thought about how the church would progress? I thought for sure within five years, we'd be in our own building. On the first Sunday, we actually set out, I don't know, a hundred and some chairs for the 40 people that showed up. <laughs> right? So we had all these expectations of how things would play out. And in none of the scenarios that played out in my head, did I ever imagine that we would be a portable church for 15 years, like the Israelites in the desert. <laughs> and yet, God has been faithful all along the way. And as I look around this room, I have been blessed to meet some amazing people. And I have some amazing people that are part of my church family that's also pretty awesome. And I've gotten to see how God's at work in your lives and what God is doing in and through us right here in Nicholasville and Jessamine County. And I know God's not done yet. So one thing that I do know in my head, even though I don't always feel it in my heart, I can trust God no matter what. And I want to remind you of that today, that you can trust God no matter what. So... The next time you find yourself in a set of circumstances where it seems like everything's going wrong, the story is playing out not the way it's supposed to play out, I just want to remind you that God often works slowly, sometimes over decades, sometimes over generations. But I also want to remind you that what God has promised, God will do. 
All of the promises that God makes in scripture, you can take to the bank. God is trustworthy. And the reason that we know God is trustworthy is because of none other than the person of Jesus Christ. Because we were broken, because we couldn't fix ourselves, because everything ended up in death, taking everyone and everything, God became one of us. God made a way. God got involved, right? God is trustworthy. So the next time you're tempted to conclude, to think, man, I'm out of here. I'm just going to take a break from church. I'm going to take a break from God. I'm just going to walk away for a while. Would you please consider the alternative? Would you, would you lean in instead? Would you hang on instead? Would you trust God no matter what? Would you let me pray for you and pray for me? Father, there's a reason I ask that you would help us to grow our faith every week, and here it is. If I could sum up the big question that you pose to humanity from the opening pages of Genesis to the end of Revelation, it's in this phrase, do you trust me? So Father, I ask that you would help us to have eyes of faith to see you and to see ourselves clearly, and I ask that you would help us to trust you no matter what. With all of the things that we're carrying, with all of the things that we worry about this week, to trust you. Grow our faith. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Josh, I need your help. And we're actually going to do a little bit of a demonstration of trust, right? So we're talking about trust. And so we feel like it's probably a good thing to also do a demonstration about trust. And so we're looking for a volunteer, a kid volunteer, who might be a little good at gymnastics, uh, <laughs> who might be a little good at gymnastics and maybe not so, oh, Miss Lily, you look like, you ready for this? All right, well, come this way. Come this way. All right, come, come right over here. Come right over here. Come right over here. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat right here? Okay. All right, so have a seat right there, right there. Are you good, are you good and solid on it? All right. Okay, so what we're going to do is in a minute, we're just going to lift this board just a little bit. While you're sitting on it, you think you, you think you can stay seated on the board? We're not going to lift it very high. Okay, are you ready? All right, here we go. Oh, ooh, okay, all right. So, so, and do you trust Josh? <laughs> Actually, let me start someplace different. Do you trust me? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Do, do, do you trust this board? Does this board seem pretty solid to you? Right. Okay. So I would like to change this demonstration by one thing, and that would be to blindfold you. Would you let me blindfold you so you can't see with your eyes? Okay. All right. So this is the way this works. It goes around like this, and we just tie it in the back. How's that? Oh, you look like a bandito now. Okay, so. Okay, so this time we're going to lift you up, okay? Here we go. You ready? Yeah. All right. Oh, you're doing such a great job. We're going to lift you even higher. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. I didn't think we could go that high. Oh, my goodness. You're over my head now. All right, let's put her down. I really. <laughs> now. So you trusted us even when you were blindfolded. Guess what? We did not lift you up over our heads. 
okay? So way to go for trusting, even though you couldn't see. Boom. Let's give Lily a round of applause. You can go find your parents, right? This is part of what we mean when we say that we walk by faith and not by sight, right? And it's all in who you trust. And one of the things that I've discovered is when it comes to our relationship with God, really the root issue a lot of the times is sometimes shame, but also this unwillingness on our part to just trust God, right? And so uh, I'm going to turn things over to Brian because the cross is yet another example of this. Yeah, so we're going to celebrate communion together. And communion is great because, as Max said, it reminds us that we can trust God. One of the great things about communion is it reminds us that you are not alone. First, God came to us, and we celebrate that through the body and blood of Christ that is represented in the bread and in the cup. We also remember that we're not alone because it's called communion, right? Together, right? That we do this together. So it's an opportunity to remember together that we take this step of faith and that you don't have to do this alone. And so this is an important part of our congregation. So when we take communion here, we do it through intinction, which just means that you're going to come up when, we, when it's time and you'll tear off a piece of the bread and dip it in the cup. And then you can take it either there or you can take it back to your seat, whatever you're most comfortable with. Uh, I'm going to ask our communion stewards to go ahead and come, if you would. At the, yep, here they come. Great. Now, good, great. So when Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he took the cup and held it up and he said, this is my blood, the new covenant shed for you on your behalf. And so when we take that, it's just a step of faith to say that we trust in what God has done for us in his son, Jesus Christ. So here at Generations, you don't have to be a member to partake. Anyone can partake if you feel like you're at that place where you're trusting that Jesus is who he says he is and trusting that he can move in your life, then you can come.